Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to talk about MSU's heartbreaking loss at the buzzer to Ohio State today, 60-57. to 57. Uh, Before we recap the game and discuss what went wrong, I want to say a few words of thanks to the folks who came up and introduced themselves to me at the afternoon reception. Thanks a lot for st- listening, stopping by, saying hi. Appreciate your support. We really appreciate what you've done to help the show grow this year. Uh, all right, well... This game started out with a few surprises. First, Xavier Booker started his first game as a Spartan, played a lot of minutes, 17, uh, easily most of his career. Second, arguably Ohio State's best player, Jamison Battle, set out the game with an ankle injury. And uh, everything was humming along just fine throughout most of the game. Michigan State had a 12-point lead heading into halftime and led the game by double digits just about the entire time until about midway through the second, uh, second half. The only thing that kept me unsettled, even in the first half, was the fact that the Buckeyes kept surviving by punishing the Spartans in the offensive glass, and especially in the first half. Uh, it was the only thing that really allowed me to even have 20 points in the first half. And the second half was, again, mostly fine, but MSU just never really put Ohio State away. Uh, they were cruising with a double-digit lead until the score was 50-38, to 38, and then the wheels just completely fell off. Ohio State finished on a 22-7 to 7 run culminating in a miraculous falling sideways three-pointer as time expired by Dale Bonner to avoid the game going into overtime and was, in fact, the only time that Ohio State led the entire game as the clock hit zero. Uh, I was as frustrated and disappointed as I was with the Iowa game. I left this game far more despondent, I think, and angrier just because it was certainly a missed opportunity. I mean, you had an Ohio State team that was depleted, the fact that battle wasn't playing. And a game that Michigan State really needed. I mean, I know we kind of keep saying, well, they're in the tournament. Well, now well, it makes me start in the, questioning things. No, I mean, that was a, the no. assumption. They're going to win these in, games. You're going to win. And that's that's it. Yeah. In the tournament, when you assume that they're going to do what they should be doing. Exactly. Now, no, you can't say that now. You can't say that. They've got three games left. They got to win two of them. Yeah. They have to. I think... I think if they lose to Purdue, beat Northwestern at home, win at Indiana, I'm reasonably certain that's enough to get them in. But, you know, they put themselves in this situation. (laughs) I'm kind of the opposite of you, though. I'm not as angry anymore. Um, I wasn't. I, I was bitterly disappointed with the way that they played, and it was a disgrace. There was no excuse for it. None. Zero. Um, but at this stage, you just, you know, I said this after the Iowa game and today only reinforces that message. We know what this team is right now. And so the most you can hope for now is that they actually get in. And then when they do that, they happen to be on a hot streak Yeah, and that, that, and that, that allows them to make a run because, You can't, I mean, to watch that second half and really the last, what, six, seven minutes? Yeah, I mean, they were the 11 minutes. They scored nine points the last 11 minutes, but yeah, the last little bit was very painful. Yeah, they just, uh, it it was horrendous. Yeah. The, the, uh, and, and I'll also add the defense wasn't very good either in the second half. But they had been so good in the first half that the final numbers look pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But the truth is they were bad defensively in the second half, too. I mean, just poorly executed double teams, um, poor recovery. 
Um, you know, some of it, I'll, I'll give Ohio State some credit. Ohio State really managed to utilize their size well in the second half. But even so, bad defensive performance by Michigan State in the second half, but it doesn't come close to touching just how putrid. I mean, I'm looking at the offensive. They they're, somehow shot thirty nine. They somehow shot thirty nine percent from the floor in the second half. I would not have guessed that it was that high. Um, you know, zero for seven from three. Obviously, they went got off to a great start shooting the three. Yeah. I think they were four for six or four for seven, and then they didn't make another one the rest of the way. Um, but it wasn't just that; it was poor decisions. Um, you know, some very, very poor turnovers. They didn't, it wasn't like they were hemorrhaging them, but just, just bad from your veterans, just bad, bad, bad decisions. And I did not, you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more as we go, but I understand Ohio state is actually a pretty good defensive team inside the arc, but the fact that Michigan state just completely abandoned any semblance of trying to get points in the paint in the second half will I, I it it boggles the mind how they did that those possessions in the second half the one time late at winning time that they got the ball to Malik call it was a face-up situation and he got stripped yeah um I kept as I'm watching it I kept begging put him on the block I understand they've got a shot blocker I don't care I will take my chances with Malik Hall operating on the block against anybody they've got as opposed to what we were seeing on a night where Tyson clearly was not dialed in, could not hit. AJ, great start to the game, great first three, four minutes, and then completely disappeared. And, you know, Jaden didn't do very much either. So what other credible option did they have at that point in the game? And yet we saw anything but that. Um, very, very disappointing game. But as I say, the anger that I felt after that <laughs> Iowa game has dissipated a lot because I can't, I can't get angry about it at this point, you know, and for anybody, and I, I have not looked at social media. I could not oh, give less of it. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. To see, to see what's being said, could not care less, but honestly, I, I would hope that this isn't the case, but if anybody that thinks that Ohio state got lucky, and look, it was a it was a prayer of a shot, but Michigan State didn't deserve to win that game. Shouldn't have been they shouldn't have been that so, position, right? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely not. No. And it was it, and that's another thing too. Like I understand he throws up a prayer from the corner, kind of a turnaround prayer, but letting the ball get advanced that easily up the court with whatever it was, six seconds left. Yeah. I mean Whew. Yeah, you're you playing know, with fire only, that whole second half of the end, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that they couldn't, you know, they pushed it to 12 on a couple of occasions and just could not put that team away. And, you know, uh, I most of that, and again, I mentioned there were defensive issues in the second half too, but most of it, honestly, was they just could not generate any decent looking offense. And and I'm going to reiterate for people that is a terrible defensive opponent yeah. they were playing. For right. the second game in a row, you are playing one of the dregs. I was the worst defensive team in the league. Ohio State's third worst. Yeah. And they didn't by, look by great as measured as the second worst. <laughs> as measured right. As measured it's a good point. As measured by defensive efficiency I'm talking about. Yeah. And once again, somehow Michigan State turns turns these guys into a juggernaut you know it made no sense to me that's why i was so disappointed with what we saw down the stretch i just kept thinking somebody's somebody's gonna figure it out they're gonna they're gonna figure out a, a, a matchup and again i i really felt that was malik in this game um and it just never came it just never came i will say there were a lot of really good looks from three that yes well, i mean 100%. tyson one of six maybe one of those was not a was an ill by shot 
the, but the no, others were great looks. And great and uh, Jaden was one of three, or he was zero for three, uh, and he was one for nine in the whole game. I mean, he was the biggest yeah, problem. I think. Terrible. I mean, I realize defense kind of but they were there were plenty of open looks, shots that they normally make, and they missed them. And you know, you make a couple of those. I know they weren't. I I know they weren't getting him inside, but they were like good looks with a kick back outside, and they just missing them. I don't know. But that but that's that's the thing though. Um, at a certain point, you have to adjust. You can, you have games like this, you have games where open jumpers just are not falling. So what do you do? You have two choices. You either continue to take them thinking that eventually your luck is going to turn around, which is somewhat what Michigan state did, or you decide, you know what, I'm going to go at it another way. I'm going to try and put pressure on the defense. I'm going to get the ball to the rim, you know, in terms of the guards mm-hmm. or get Malik posted up, something else, something higher percentage. And they didn't do enough of that. They gave up on that, frankly. I felt that, and I, and I, I hear you, those shots were open, but, you know, when when they're not going – you have to be willing. I mean, people talk about this all the time, and anybody who's played knows that it's true. When jumpers aren't falling, what do you do? You try to go get yourself a layup. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Or draw a foul so you can go to the free throw line, watch the ball go through the basket, and you know nothing's foolproof in this life. But I'll tell you, it is amazing what a difference that can make. And I just felt like Michigan State, yes, they were open shots, but the way that game was unfolding, especially down the stretch. I mean, look, I love Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker is Michigan State's best scorer. He's probably their best shooter. Did you have any confidence in the last four minutes that those jumpers he took were going to go. I didn't. I was pretty sure he's going to split those free throws. <laughs> it was right, exactly. That wasn't a surprise either. Uh, it was just one of those days. Yeah, you have to have other answers, and Michigan State has them. Again, I'm just I'm flummoxed by the fact that Malik Hall, and I'm not putting it all on everybody else because Malik was spending a lot of time on those possessions, whether by design or intent, floating around with everybody else. He wasn't putting, as I say, the one possession he got late, it was a face-up where he caught the ball probably 16 feet from the basket and tried to work his way in and got stripped. Well, he's capable of making those plays, but uh, I mean, I look at it, he got nine shots from the floor. Not enough on a day like today. Not enough. They needed more because other things were not happening for them. Yeah. And instead, you know, we got what we got and... You take a loss, a loss that there's no excuse for, yeah. for the second game in a row. Well, let's talk about the the big course news was you know Xavier Booker. I I was I had the reception, so I didn't listen to the radio show. I had no idea he was going to be starting. Um, I was surprised. He played 17 minutes. Yeah, word word got out about a half hour. Before yeah, two. so he played a lot in the first half of maybe four or five minutes in the second half. I think he checked out with 15 minutes left and didn't come back into the game after yeah. that. Uh, you know, 17, so he's three for six from the field, one for three for threes. He missed his free throw attempt, had three, three defensive rebounds, um, three blocks and finished with seven points. Yep. I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but he was, I thought it was a really good performance and one he certainly couldn't have done even a few weeks ago, I don't think, but, he, and it was definitely a good matchup for him that he's got a guy who's not going to be, you know, not going to be like Zach Eady, right? You're dealing with, uh, Felix Akpara. So I thought he was okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if the reason he didn't come back in was for defensive reasons or if it was because they were getting murdered on the offensive boards. I think Ohio State had six offensive rebounds in the second half and four four of them were in the first five minutes when Booker was in there. I don't know if that had something to do with it. I you know, I admit I well wasn't able to keep track of all that. Yeah, uh, the the early stretch of the game he gave up Okpara got a yeah. couple of buckets on him, mm-hmm. and it was and it was because Book isn't yet mentally where he needs to mm-hmm. be fully. So, in other words, 
doing the thing, the classic thing that shot blockers often do, going for a shot block that you have very low percentage of getting, then thereby taking yourself out of position for defensive rebounding purposes. Right. right. And Okparag did some, you know, people were thrilled because Book hit a three and he blocked a couple shots in that first stint. And I agree that was that was important to see that stuff. But he also gave some stuff up. Mm-hmm. It was not a net. It was not a pure net positive. It, and I don't mean to denigrate his performance because I think he should be happy with what he did in this yeah, game. Well, I think so there too. were, but um, it wasn't. Let's put it this way: I don't think, I don't think that playing him many, many more minutes would have necessarily turned this thing around because I think for whatever they got out of it, they might've given up the same or more. Right. Um, but he's getting closer. Look, he's making progress. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, Izzo has been saying of late, he's been getting better and better in practice and you see it, you see it on the floor. I think, I think defensively, there are a couple of things that he gives them that they don't have otherwise. One thing he gives them, you mentioned the three blocks. Mm -hmm. That's great, but it's not even just the blocks. It's the effect that his length has. You know, Mati Sissoko and Carson Cooper actually have plus-plus wingspans, but they don't affect, you could see it, they do not affect a game around the rim the way Xavier Booker can. Xavier Booker is, I'm not ready to put him in Jaron Jackson's class, not by a long shot, but he's, He's closer to that or or to a Marcus Bingham than Cooper or Mati are. That's for sure. And so that is something he brings to the table that we saw in this game that I think is different for this team. The other thing he does, he had a possession, I think it was his second basket, where Jaden was penetrating, and he just kind of lost the ball on the way up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Booker, sn- Booker snatched it and then went right up in one motion and finished with a layup. Mm-hmm. Now, that might not look like a big deal. In fact, said, well, that's a lucky break. You know, the ball happened to kick to him. Yes, that's true. But I would submit Michigan State does not have another big who makes that catch and who then has the ability to go up as quickly and as fluidly to finish the play once he caught it. M- Michigan State's bigs do not collectively have great sets of hands, but Booker's got better hands than anybody. And that's not the be all and end all of things, but, but that play was an example of, or, or actually I'll say this, the, the lob play in the second half his yeah. one score in the second half is caught it. Boom. One motion flush. He, he is capable of quick reactions in a way that their other bigs aren't. This is the thing that really hurts Mahdi and Carson in particular, less so I think Jackson, but definitely the first two, their offensive reactions are not quick. They're not fluid. Mm -hmm. They catch the ball down low. It takes them a second to gather typically. And by that time, the defense has often recovered, which makes finishing harder. You know, very rarely do you see those guys. I can't think of any times this year, really, that I've seen those guys make a play like that one I was talking about that Booker made in the first half. Because that's why he scored. It was because he snatched it and he went up in one motion quickly, fluidly. He didn't give the defense a chance to react. And the big problem with Michigan State's bigs uh, this season, I think, in terms of their scoring, has been they give opponents time to react far too often. So he does bring some things that are clearly not there with anybody else. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the way. I can say this. I see Purdue may be different because of the specific matchup. Mm-hmm. Um but I see no justification in as a general statement for him playing less than this until he does something that demonstrates that he should play that much. Because to me, that was the most positive 17 minutes by a long shot. And not again, not just the scoring, the three is great, fine, whatever. And the other two buckets fine. But 
He impacted the game defensively. You know, he had some issues defensively, too. You can't whitewash those. But he made an impact at times defensively, and I thought he rebounded reasonably well. Again, not perfectly. Yeah. There's enough there. You got it because you're not. Look, we're at the point in the season. There's not a big turnaround coming for Mahdi or Carson at this stage. No, they're, they're can, they are. Yeah. Now, I thought Mahdi was better today than he's been in a while. Yep. Carson, Carson was not, but that's the thing. You kind of, what you're hoping for is that on a given day, one of those guys shows up and plays plus basketball. Um, but that neither one of them is making great leaps. I mean, we could, it, it would not be shocking to me based on what I saw today that you could have a game where yet this season, where if Xavier Booker plays, you know, let's say 20 minutes. So just one more turn than he had tonight. Could he put up like 10 and seven? Yeah, he could. And that's production they have not been getting from, from their big. So I would say, you know, it's a great example when you're talking about earlier about that, the gathering is that play at the end where Mati got the offensive rebound, brings it down yep. and goes up to put it yep. up. And then he gets stripped on the way up. Right. That's a good example. Yep. Of just the, where he absolutely no reason to come absolutely. down with the ball. Perfect. Right. Perfect example. Yes. You can, if, if you have a guy, who can can collect the ball and go up either before he comes down or immediately. That's a that's an advantage. Yeah, you're giving right. the defense less time to react. That that play you're talking about is exactly what I'm saying. That is standard issue for Mahdi and for Carson because they don't have the hands and they're not as confident. Xavier Booker does not lack for confidence, and it helps him in moments like that. I think that's a play that Jackson, if, if he were to get that, he would probably be able to put that up right away. Uh, I don't think that's a rebound right now that Booker's making, but he, uh, you know that's one of the other things I don't think Fair he's quite enough. ready for that. Yeah, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to. As again, I don't want to turn this into a Izzo's blown the season. No, 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 no. Play Xavier Booker because he just Xavier Booker still got issues. Yeah, no, no. He's I still think got so. strength. You know, Jay, Jay Wright talked about it on the broadcast. There are still, and he's getting it from Izzo. <laughs> believe yeah, well, me. yeah. Um, that Booker still, even with Booker's put on like twenty pounds, I mm-hmm. guess over the course of the season, which is great, but. Um, he's still in a situation and you can see it at times where he lacks the strength to have moments like you're talking about where he's going up in traffic with all the other big bodies out there. And he's going to definitely come down with it. Now he's doing more of that than he was. Oh, for sure. And with all, you know, you, you can't say at this point, well, the other guys are doing certain things so much better, you know, Earlier in the season, there was a clear physical difference. There was a clear difference on the defensive end mm-hmm. yep. and a clear difference in rebounding. I'm not so sure because I don't think Madi and Carson have been as good defensively as they were last year. I don't think that. Um, I'm not sure that that same gap is so big anymore that it offsets what Booker can give you in other ways. And again, well, he's got defensive issues in, in some senses. He also does bring some strengths that nobody else is bringing. The oh, ability yeah. to, to block and alter shots is beyond anybody else on that team. You could see it. You saw it today. I mean, it was loud and clear. He's had other moments. You know, he had a good defensive possession against uh, Kamwa in the game at Chrysler mm-hmm. Arena mm-hmm. a week and a half, two weeks ago, whenever that was. Um you know, he's shown that before, but today it was very much on display. I mean, you can see why he was rated so highly, right? This the skills and the and the the physical makeup is there. He just needs to put on the weight to be able to compete better. It's in the a big ve- it's a it's a very simple thing. It's that he has a skill set, and one of the things we have not seen this year, but I know he has. He's act for a guy his size. He has actually a very very good handle. I think we talked about this. Yeah. Around the Minnesota game. Yeah, he's capable of doing some of the same things that Dawson Garcia can Mm -hmm. do at a similar size. I think Book might be a touch taller, but it's close. He is very capable of having that kind of offensive game. Um, So it's that. And, you know, (laughs) 
I think one of the things that actually gets them into trouble at times is athletically, he is what I would call a very easy athlete. Mm-hmm. Xavier Booker does not ever look like he's straining. <laughs> right. But he is a fluid, he is a fluid athlete. And it's part of what I was talking about with that catching and, and right. converting thing. But it's more than that. When you watch him run, he does he rarely looks like he's he's playing hard, right? Mm-hmm. But but he is a very fluid athlete. And look, when the strength component and the IQ component, at some point, I think there's still as good a chance now as there was at the start of the season that Xavier Booker will be an NBA player. It's just a question of how fast everything comes, but he's making real progress. Yeah, I think you could. You, I think you can safely say the light is not on, but the dimmer is starting to come on. <laughs> I think you're starting to see, you're starting to see glimmers of. And this is a kind of time when you would not be that surprised to see that happen. The only other thing is that you're going to see a lot of. You know, people are going to point out the plus minus. Um, we you know it's a not it's an imperfect stat. Michigan State with him yeah. on the floor plus eleven. Everyone else is negative or like one. Yeah, uh, you know. I, so that's so they're going to say, well, you know, has he if he's there in the end of that game. Does that make a difference the last, you know, sometime during the last eight minutes? I will, I will say this. Hindsight, of course. Uh, yeah, it is. And, and I will say this. There's, there's two arguments you can make. One is that Michigan State seems to be going over the last several games at least one turn with a two fives lineup. Right. Where it's Carson and, and Kohler. Or Carson and Mahdi, I think, mm-hmm. typically has. I don't think it's been Mahdi and Kohler. Maybe so. there was, and I missed it. But typically, it's the first two. And those lineups are not, I haven't seen a plus minus, because again, as you pointed out, that's not a very robust stat. But I know what my eyes are telling me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the dreaded eye test on that. My <laughs> eyes are telling me that that lineup is really struggles offensively. And it's not as good. It's not good enough defensively to justify its usage. Yeah. Um, so you can argue play Booker at the four for that three, four minute turn. Okay. Maybe, maybe the Booker that we've got now, maybe. Um, the other thing I would say is this comes back to one of the things that I mentioned that he does that nobody else does or not at the same level. Um, Ohio State really made a lot of hay down the stretch getting the ball inside. Now, it mm-hmm. wasn't all five men dunking or anything. It wasn't that. But in general, they were utilizing their size well. And I think having Booker in the game might, for at least some of that, might have changed that that dynamic. Because now you've got to think about it. The same way that Michigan State had to think about Okpara. You know, yep. it's it's a similar kind of thing. And and I think it was that was enough of a problem down the stretch for Michigan State that I would think with a chance to do it over, Izzo might think about at least giving Booker another turn, yeah. another shot. Um, but you know, like you said, hindsight. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the, the honesty, the, the answer really lies in the fact that he's going to trust his seniors, his most experienced players to be yep. able to close out a game Yep. and yep. they didn't do it. And I think, you know, right. that and now, the, you know, it's just evidence. Right. And so you get the same situation you're like, oh, well, that's maybe this is not the way to go for all for all that. All that said, I, I once again come back to the fact that we've spent all this time talking about Xavier Booker. You know, when I lost this game. Because the guards sucked. Yeah, they were bad. Because the guards didn't hit shots. I'll even add Hallman they into did. that mix too. He was not. Yeah, good. Oh yeah, not a good game for him. No, they they didn't hit shots, and and you know, look, sometimes that happens. I'm not saying I'm not all over Tyson Walker because he had a bad shooting day. That happens even to good shooters. But what you can say is you didn't try to find other ways to get it done. And on the occasions you did try those other ways, you weren't finishing plays. I mean, yeah, 
they <laughs> there were a lot of a lot of very makeable shots inside the arc that they did not convert. Yep. Um, and as I mentioned, the turnovers collectively were not a huge problem, but boy, they were poorly timed. And I think Ohio State had, yeah, they had a 12-7 edge in points off turnovers, even though the turnover difference was only 10 to 9. Yeah. But they had a five-point edge. And, and why was that? Because Michigan State made some very untimely, poor, live ball. I mean, what did Ohio State? So Michigan State seven had steals. 10 turnovers. Seven of them were steals. Yeah. Michigan State had seven, too. But Ohio State did more with theirs. And a lot of that w- was based on just poor decisions. Yeah. By Michigan State. I mean, just any way you slice this. This is a bad defensive team. It was an extremely young team for the most part that they were playing out there out of necessity. And you struggle that much to find ways to score against that group, man, that's on you. Yeah. And with this team, that is this is still, 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 still a story about Michigan State's guards. When they play like they did today, good luck. Yeah. You could have Xavier. You could have Xavier Booker out there for forty minutes, and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you say book battle wasn't in, and he's not as good defensively. But you know, you're not replacing him with defensive stoppers, probably. No, you're replacing maybe him and maybe better coach. defensive, maybe better coaching now, which is just different. You know, I don't know without Holman. But... I don't know. Well, I, I will say this: I will give Diebler credit. The adjustment he made in the second half was you saw them much more. And they talked, Jay Wright talked about this. He was absolutely correct in my view. They went much more to try to find ways to utilize their size advantage. So you saw Devin Royal really have a good second half. That's the best game of his season. Yeah. So far. And you can see why Michigan State was interested in him. He's a good player. He was good. And we talked, we talked about him in the preview. He's been coming. Like this, this kind of day has been coming for him and he probably doesn't get the opportunity to have it to the same degree if battle is playing. Right. And exactly. I, and you know, I, I, yeah, but it just, it shouldn't have happened. No excuses. All right. Well, let's talk about the brothers. You just, getters. I actually had someone <laughs> come up to me at the reception and say, I yeah. just feel like when I talk to you that I need to get gutters. I don't know why. <laughs> So, uh, we all need, we all, we all need gutters. And if you're feeling like the Michigan State Spartans right now, you're going to be the gutter here for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, you got to get them taken care of. So, uh, you want to make sure that's, those are cleaned out, make sure they work properly because if they don't, it can cause all kinds of problems. Your house, obviously check out the brothers, just gutters on the West side of the East side of the state. They can take care of everything. 10% off. You mentioned final four. When you get your estimate, Kurt and his team in the Grand Rapids area and, and Greg and his team in the Metro Detroit area. You can go head on over to our support page at the final force on the schedule.com slash support. You can find links to get an estimate from either, uh, either gentleman and they'll take great care of your gutters on your house or your business, whatever you need done. All right. So the Michigan state player, they had to keep the player in the gutter was Jamison battle who kept himself in the gutter by not showing up. <laughs> so I guess in that sense, they got that. And it was a game where that no one really took over at all from Ohio state. I don't think, I mean, the, no. Except you could you could argue Devin Royal, the leading scorer, fourteen yeah. points, six of eight from the field, two for two uh, from the line, two rebounds, uh, two steals, and they were big steals too. They were later. I think they were both in the second half. Uh, he was really good. I mean, and he didn't you know only eighteen minutes, but he did a lot of damage in eighteen minutes. He did. He was their best player. Look, that's a thing. So, <laughs> it's the other thing that. If you're a Michigan State fan, and especially if you're Tom Mizzle, you have to look at this game and say, how in God's name <laughs> did we find a way to lose this? Because not only do you not have Jamison battle play, but Bruce Thornton, who's the other guy that's in the mix for being considered Ohio State's best player, and I think he probably is their best player overall. Bruce Thornton has 11 points, so five below his average. Four for 13 from the floor. <laughs> Three assists, but three turnovers. This is a guy who's operating four at a four-to-one yeah. assist-to-turnover ratio. Didn't have any steals. He had four rebounds, but, you know, big deal. One for six from three. Michigan State did a very, very good job with Bruce Thornton. He's a guy they guarded well. So you really, you had their two best players who combined for whatever it is, 31 points a night, 
I think, scored 11 in this game. And you still you still lost? They only scored 60. I mean, I was joking with my wife. I said, well, it looks like first to 60 when it was like 56, yeah. 52. Michigan State was ahead by four. And they lost. They you know, went 8-1 run to end the game. I mean, it's crazy uh, how yeah. that sort of shook yeah. out. Uh, yeah, I think whatever Bruce Thornton caught whatever Jaden Akins and Tyson Walker had with shooting. I mean, they just uh, th- those two combined were six you for know twenty-four. What? The di- there's a difference there, and I'll tell you what the difference was. I think most of Tyson and Jaden's looks were pretty open. Yeah, I think they were I good looks. I didn't miss. I didn't think that was always true about Thornton. I thought Michigan State did a pretty good job, and and you know I'll I'll bag on AJ Hogard's game after the first four minutes offensively i thought he really did not play very well he didn't do the things they need him to do but he did a good job defensively and Jaden did too those were the two mm-hmm. guys who largely guarded thornton and i'll give him credit on that end they shut that guy down but again the problem is and again not just as a scorer that he wasn't it wasn't like okay he had a he had a day where he didn't get a lot of good looks but he created for everybody no he didn't do that they they really limited him, but it's when you let, you know, Okpara score ten, and you let Devin Royal score fourteen, and Dale Bonner hits two threes on you for yeah. six points, you know, and more importantly, that you don't do anything at the offensive end in the second half. Well, you still get tagged with a loss. Well, let's talk about cleaning the glass, and we always bring a squeegee squad of Grand Rapids. They always clean the glass well unlike Michigan State. Uh, they will take care of your business, your home, your high-rise, whatever you need done. They'll take care of your glass. They'll take, clean your screens inside, outside. Uh, they'll even power wash your home. Whatever you need done, they can do it. Big jobs, small jobs. Uh, you want to contact them for great prices, great work, and they are very quick. They do it right now, this time of year. I had mine done a couple weeks ago, so they do fantastic work. Uh, you can check them out uh, at our support page again. At the, that's tffinots.com slash support. Uh, there you can find a link to Click to find, uh, get a free estimate, 15% off. You mentioned rebound and getting your estimate from the squeegee squad of Grand Rapids, a sponsor of the Michigan State player that cleans the glass best. Uh, that would be Malik Hall, who had seven rebounds, who is one I picked. So I get the point and I come now with a half a point, six to five and a half. Madi Sissoko, despite playing only 15 minutes, had six rebounds. Uh, he was closest. And I think you had Cooper, who ended up with uh, zero <laughs> rebounds. <laughs> yeah. So he That's did really, it's just at this point, man, it is. You're trying to catch a falling knife. I think it's you're pretty trying much to pick one of those bigs, you know, <laughs> it's pretty much picking a hall. And then it's really just, uh, it is yeah. just throw the dice. Are you, are you going to get lucky? Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of the way it was earlier in the season where the default pick was Madi. Yeah. I want, I do want to give Madi credit. I mean, was he, you mentioned that possession where he got stripped down the stretch. That's, you know, those are the limitations, but yep. This is the best game Madi's played in a while. It is. But he was. He, he had, was pretty good. He had a he had a, a a rim run where he did a nice job collecting the pass mm-hmm. and finishing the play um, for his one bucket from the field. Six boards. Um, just did you know? And, and I thought defensively was reasonably good. I think the problem that MSU had down the stretch was that it was it was just him and again his defense can be good he can be doing his job but he's not going to impact things in the lane the way that somebody like Booker might have been able to so i think that's you know but but i do want to give him credit i thought this was you know this was a game where Madi played reasonably well trying to do the things that they asked him to do yeah yeah, you you look at down the rebounds for the the guards. I mean, Tyson has three, AJ has two, uh, Akins has three. You think well, that's not a bad effort? I mean, Trey had one, uh, but yeah. you know what? Obviously, wasn't enough. I mean, there were a number of times when, like, I'm just thinking like this later in the game where you know uh, Sissoko has to come out, kind of doubles, and it just it, the rotation creates a, a imbalance so that even when the shot is missed, there's no one there to rebound or to block to block out, and so. That seemed to be a lot of what happened. I mean, Ohio State just has everybody crashing the boards, and that you know, to their credit, that's you know usually how Michigan State played, right? This haven't been recently. Yeah, but that seemed to. Well, and again, I I give I give some credit to Jake Diebler because that's another area where 
he played the one card he's got to play, which is size. They've got right. good size kind of across the board. They're not they're not a huge, huge team, but you know, with Okpara and Key, you've got two legitimate fives. And then kind of everybody else except for Thornton is and I guess Bonner, but they got a bunch of guys then in that, you know, six six inch range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they do a nice job. And part of that was the way they ran their offense, but part of it was, as you say, the way they, they hit the boards. And, you know, Michigan State just did not I mean, between Okpara and Key, those guys had thirteen rebounds. And and I'll tell you where they you mentioned, well, you know, Jaden had three and Tyson had three. It's not a bad job. Well, Roddy Gale had eight. <laughs> three offensive. Yeah. That's a problem. That's what Michigan State needs from its wings. You know, Roddy Gale is that was in twenty seven minutes. If he if he's ta- if he's taller than Jaden Akins, it's by an inch or less. Yeah. And he's not a better athlete. At best, he's in a similar range. I don't think he is. I don't yeah. think he's as good an athlete as Jaden. Um, so no excuse. Yeah. Like you gotta you just can't you can't have that happen. But again, I think in that second half, as you said, Michigan State, their their rotations were were really hurting them. They were just were not sharp. And so you were constantly kind of scrambling. And then when they would try to apply double teams, that was just terrible. Yeah. Then they got terrible easy looks. Ex- and, yeah, terrible execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't have that. Yeah. I mean, Devin Royal had a field day on that stuff just, just by moving. Yeah. And then know? he started to get just, he was just on and then he just hits like a right. fadeaway and, you know, then he just kind of gets, yeah. then he started here. hitting some mid range shots. Right. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com is a great way to get your Sport the Spartans and get your Spartan apparel. They have hoodies, T-shirts, zip-ups, quarter, quarter zips, whatever you need. They've got a ro- rotating uh, selection of different products. They're all great. I have a bunch of their stuff. They're super comfortable, very wearable, very durable. Um, this great stuff. Uh, Gabe and his wife, Brittany, do a fantastic job with the business based in Michigan. Uh, the Spartan alums, and so they do fantastic work. They also have all kinds of vintage stuff, too. You can check out their selection at nudgeprinting.com. 20% off if you type in Final Four, just as one word, at checkout. Uh, so the first key to the game is make them feel you. Well, I'd say Michigan State made them feel them in the first half. They did, you know, defensively. They really yeah. did a really great job yeah. outside of the poor offensive. And they gave up seven offensive rebounds, which is the only reason that game was 12 points. I mean, it should have been 20, right? I mean, that was the that was... If you get a, if you snare a couple of those def- offensive rebounds, uh, or defensive rebounds, I should say, then that game is different complexion going yeah. into the at halftime in the second half. But yeah, yep. didn't happen. But anyway, I thought they did a good job the first half. Second half, not so much. And I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the first half was a really good. I mean, some of it is you say, well, Ohio State doesn't have you know, especially with battle out, they don't have a lot of guys who are are really strong shooters right in terms of jump shooting and that's true but i still think michigan state did a really good job defensively in that first half problem came in the second half you know second half ohio state was over 50 percent from the floor yeah and you know threes were not part of that before that (laughs) last shot they had only gone one for six in the second half for three so it was really 15 for 29 from twos and that's just for a Michigan State team that has been good pretty much all year against twos, other than, you know, the Iowa game. But now we're on a two-game run here where they're just not guarding inside the arc. It was the same thing in Iowa, right? Iowa it was did doubling not and stuff. Yeah. The nets it was three. weird. It was not like regular MSU defense. They kept giving up layups and not bad right. cuts technically, but they were just sort of like come no. to help. And uh, I well, don't know if they were – and then they would someone would cut behind him, and you know they'd get the ball to him. I don't know. The the thing that that bothered me about it is, in my mind, especially with battle out of there, there's only one guy on that team who, in my opinion, truly merits double teaming, and that's Zed Key. Mm-hmm. And Zed Key played. What did he play? Played eleven minutes. Yeah, barely at all. 
and and not a lot in the second half. I don't think I want, I, I, I haven't gone back to check and I'm not going to, but anecdotally, it felt to me like maybe he played a little more in the first than the second, but yeah. either way they were doubling, they were throwing doubles at other guys mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a real, it's an interesting thing because Tom Izzo in the last two years has doubled more in those two seasons than in the previous 20, whatever of his career. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's an exaggeration because Michigan state was always forever and ever and ever known as a team that did not double Izzo did not want to give up open threes. He didn't want to give up the kind of stuff that was going on tonight, today. Um, and so he wouldn't, he just lived with single coverage. And, you know, we can, we can all think about games where, where that happened. And, you know, on rare occasions, Michigan state might pay for it, but usually it was a winning philosophy. Um, last season, I think they were starting to really take it on the chin with some post players in the big 10. And so mm-hmm. he changed it up and actually started doubling, but I do not think Michigan state is my opinion. I do not think Michigan state is a good doubling program at this stage. I don't think it's something that's in the program DNA. And when you see their guys try to execute doubles, I'm, I'm talking about doubles as something distinct from dig downs from the perimeter. That's right. stuff they've always done. Right. And they've often been very, very good at it. I'm talking about pure doubles where a a four is coming over to help the five Mm -hmm. against the opposition five, that kind of thing. I just don't think they execute it well. And yeah, it's easy for me to sit here and say, look, live with what happens in single coverage. But I did not think it went well today. Let's put it mildly. I would argue too that what it really what it hurts you not so much the threes, but it really hurts you in rebounding. I feel like that everyone's out of position yeah. for rebounding. Oh, you know, yeah. the, the body and, and I think that's where they're getting killed on the defensive glass so much, especially today. I mean, because even if the double worked well, which you know they there's still a shot goes up, there's someone some for sure someone there who's going to get an easy rebound and it put back. Well, or, but I well ideally if you're doubling one of two things you're hoping to happen. Either you force the ball back out on the perimeter. So they've got to restart their offense and they've lost time on the shot clock or you're forcing a bad pass. Mm -hmm. You're forcing a turnover. Usually guys aren't going to be able with rare occasions. There aren't too many guys who are still going to be able to get a shot off against that kind of doubling where it's two big guys coming. That's really hard to get a shot of. And Ohio State wasn't beating the double that way. They were beating the double by making passes. They were finding guys open around the rim. It wasn't even so much offensive rebounds on that stuff. I think where that came in was sometimes if they kick the ball back out, they get a shot up. Michigan State wasn't recovering well enough. Yeah, finding a body. For everybody to find a body, right. That's true. But my my main problem is Ohio State was beating the double just by passing to an open man. Mm -hmm. You can't have that. But that's I, I, I have never felt that Michigan State's doubling this year has been particularly great. You know? Well, we may see there have been games where they have been well, they're going to have, yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> for whatever, for whatever reason, they've decided that with this particular group of players, they, they feel they need to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to continue to see it. They just got to execute it a lot better. But I mean, the stage of the season we're at, I don't know how much faith I have in yeah. that. All right. Second key of the game was defensive glass, uh, Ohio state seven of 22 on the first half of 32% offensive rebound rate. The second half, they only had six offensive rebounds, but they only missed 14 shots. So they had 43% of their gathers there. Yeah. Offensive. So, and to Michigan, it was way worse. Yeah. Way worse than the second, way worse. And, uh, you know, only two of those were the last 11 minutes. So it's not like the offensive glass killed them late. It was just, they had four of them early again. They, they, the offensive rebounds were not ones that I felt like were ones, uh, went down the stretch, but they were early in the parts of the game that just kept them close and in contact. They yep. just get, yeah. left them in the game to have an opportunity later. And so yeah, they all, later, they yeah. all count. 
they yeah, all right. count. So, <laughs> and and that's you know, look, we came in saying defensive rebounding is something you've got to do well in this game because Ohio State they were true to form, right? We yeah. said this isn't a great shooting team. Well, they're not, and they weren't. They had a nice second half from two, but they they, they terrible shot sub four, three. They 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 shot sub forty percent overall for the game, and they were terrible from three. Yeah. So they were exactly what we said. But the reason they're ranked where they are is two things: they don't turn the ball over very much, and they do offensive rebound at a decent clip. So. We saw that happen too. They were effective on the offensive glass and they didn't turn the ball over excessively. There you go. Still shouldn't have been enough to win. No. Yeah. I but mean, that's... when your offense, when your offense stinks on top of that, this yeah. is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a game where the offense let him down the second half. Clearly. Uh, third key to the game was AJ, uh, who you mentioned, and I agree with you, came out really strong. I thought he played very well. And I'd say Jaden did. And then both of them just sort of defensively were fine, but just, you know, offensively were just not yeah, good. I, I, I will say, and this is damning with faint praise, <laughs> this probably was AJ's best overall game in a couple weeks. Yeah. That's the Illinois game. I don't think he was terrible. I thought he was okay. but He wasn't. But what burns me is, you know, and I can't remember exactly how much time there was on the clock. He made a terrible pass that led to an easy bucket for Ohio state when they were really fighting to hold them off. And you just, every possession was such a slog that you just, you had to do better than that. Yeah. And, and the other thing I'm disappointed with, as I say, I understand Ohio state's a good defensive team in the paint, but at some point in that game, when, when you determined, okay, the jumpers are just not falling. We got to find other ways to score. Well, AJ Hogard is option one for that among your guards. He he should be. Tyson's productive there too, but AJ's the guy who should be able to give you something. And he just didn't. I mean, he had five points in the first whatever it was, four minutes of the game. Yeah. And he ended up with nine. This was a game where because of the way it unfolded, I think they needed more from him than they got offensively, his own offense, I mean. Everything else was okay. I mean, the, he had one turnover. He had four assists. He was okay. But he didn't. He wasn't as dynamic as they need him to be. So, you know, if you're going to be the point guard, that's that's your that's your job. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and I was thinking, you know, as we're driving back from the game, it is so funny coming out of the games, after, especially after the Iowa game, but even this game, Everyone's just so angry and mad, like people are rude and like pedestrians. Everybody is really just grouchy. Um, but I was talking to my wife and uh, I said, you know, I always think when you watch Michigan State, you you sort of, I guess, have eras based on who the point guard is. Like, you know, there's Winston era. There's, you know, Caleb Lucas. Uh, Cleves, right now yeah. Hogarth. Cleves. Right. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, that's how you sort of think of these teams is those were, because that's just the way the team is, right? It's yep. Point guard driven. And this has been such an up and down all the time for the last few years. I'm, I will be happy when, when you know, when I feel much more confident with fears as the head, assuming everything, he comes back. Okay. That you're going to get consistent play throughout. I will, I will say this. Um, I was very insistent and very adamant when he was recruited that I did not think it was the right move. Now, the reasons that I thought that were twofold at the time. One was um, I believed it was going to lead what was a precarious commitment anyway from Jalen Terry to go the other direction entirely where they do not get him. And that is, in fact, what happened. Now, it's very easy to say, well, Jalen Terry's done nothing in his career, first at Oregon right. and then at DePaul. I can't argue that, um, but you know, the unknowns undefeated, <laughs> I really liked Jalen Terry really liked him as a high school player. And I think at Michigan state, I think it would have been a different story. How different I can't say. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't have a lot of, I'll freely admit, I don't have a lot of, um, hard and fast evidence that can be pointed to for that. But I really didn't like it. But the other reason 
was just A.J. Hogarth himself. And what I saw of him his freshman season also did not convince me. Now, I have in turn, as his career has gone along, he has had some undeniable high points Mm -hmm. over the last three years. He is a, I freely admit, he is a better player than I thought he was going to become. But can you really say I was 100% wrong? I don't think you can. And I wish I was. I wish, I, and and I hate people who say that, I wish I was wrong. hope I'm wrong. It's, all, <laughs> it's a crap and bullshit line. But I really sincerely do. I wish, and I was fully prepared for it after the way he closed last season. Oh, I know. I, I thought that he had finally solved it. And all right, we're going to get a steady high level AJ Hogarth this season. And it's been anything, but it's been the same old stuff. And you're right about errors. And unfortunately what this one is going to be remembered as, and that almost certainly applies no matter how this ends, um, you know, unless they get to a final four somehow, but the way this era is going to be remembered is going to be primarily about maddening inconsistency, never finding that level that you just hit game in game out. And the guys you mentioned, look, this, you come to Michigan state standards really damn high because I can go back to Irvin Johnson, Scott Skiles, um, you know, Eric snow, the latter stages of his career. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the Izzo era, Mateen Cleaves, um, Marcus Taylor, even for a year. Um, and then eventually you get to Drew Neitzel, Kalen Lucas, Keith Appling, Denzel, Travis yeah, Trice, right, yeah, right. Denzel, if you want to call him a point guard. And of course, Cassius Winston, I just reeled off a lot of guys. And that is the standard. That is what you are judged against. And I think it's, <sighs> would you take. AJ over any of the guys, any of them that I just listed, you can make an argument that he's had more of an impact in a sustained way than say somebody like Travis Trice did because Travis was a backup for a lot of his career. Yeah. And so he didn't get the same number of minutes, but AJ's never had a senior season like Travis's senior year. I mean, he still got a chance, I guess, to write the last chapter, but I'm not betting on it. No. Um, is there any of those guys? No. Even I mean, one of would them? you take over Tum Tum? Maybe you know. Well, Tum-tum? but okay, but but the but the thing about Tum is, for all the bitching and moaning, yeah, he, AJ's clearly had a more impactful career than Tum did in <sighs> offensively, for sure. Yeah. Defensively, right. uh, it's a better argument, but but the thing about Tum's career is. Tum also played on the same team that had Denzel Valentine and then Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. He straddled those two eras. Yeah. So they had other guys who really, that's the thing. Tum was really not ever the prime playmaker right. on those teams. He was, he was in a role that was more akin to say what uh, Tyson Walker plays for Michigan state as a playmaker not anything else, yeah. but as a playmaker, kind of the secondary guy, you know, MSU had other guys. I mean, the two guys I just mentioned that he straddled those two eras, they're arguably, I would say it's those two and Cleves that are the discussion for the three best passing, creating point guards that Izzo's had. And they're both in the top five all time, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. in that regard. So, it's a high standard, but that's my point. Because it's a high standard, you know, AJ gets judged by that fairly, in my view. And we are going to look back at this era. And I think we're going to say, I think, I think a lot of people are probably where you are. And I am, you know, we, we need to see what Jeremy Fears looks like when he's fully healthy again. I'm optimistic, but. Um, assuming that he is the same athlete that he was before that, before that incident. Um, 
yeah, I think a lot of people believe that it's going to be better. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the thing that's easy to forget too, that, you know, well, I don't think we forgot, but they were, they closed well last season. Then the big 10 tournament, big stink egg, you know, stink bomb. Yep. And then fantastic in the tournament, the NCAA tournament. Right. So, um, you know, that just <laughs> further evidence, it's just our, our hopeful that we're going to see the AJ from the NCAA tournament, not the AJ from the big 10 tournament. You could. And we've seen both. You could, you <laughs> we've could. seen both this year. I don't. I don't think I don't think the last chapter has been written, but no. even you know, again, unless there's a huge run that happens, there's no changing the ultimate verdict no. on that, right? No. Which is it left you wanting a lot more. Yeah. At the end of the day. Well, let's hope we even have an opportunity to get the final four at this point. <laughs> Meaning in the NCAA tournament. All right, so let's go to the fourth key to the game. Uh, battle. Well, not much of a key there because he didn't end up playing. So yeah, we won't really. Yeah. I think we just skip past that one because that's really wasn't even uh, important to this. But game. I would. Well, but I would say you know the guy who soaked up a lot of those minutes was Devin Royal. Yeah. And Devin Royal in this game, you know, Malik Hall had 15 points. He was MSU's best offensive option today. Devin Royal had 14. Yeah. So they didn't really. They didn't really do a good job of dealing with that position. It came very differently than we'd imagined with an entirely different player, but they struggled there. And the fifth key to the game, dialing in the deep ball. Well, Ohio State couldn't hit the side of a barn except until the last play. They were 1-10 of 10 in the first half, 1-6 of six in the second half until they hit that miraculous one at the end. But as you mentioned, Michigan State was uh, equally putrid, and although with much better looks than Ohio State had. and uh, Much just, better looks and, and a great start. Yeah, a four six, start. and then miss the next ten. So yeah, they just couldn't. And, and and as you say, the quality of shot I thought was pretty good. But again, at a certain point, the decisions. I, and it's easy for me to say. Okay, I'll yeah. freely admit that. If if I'm Tyson Walker, I know who I am as a shooter, and guys like that. The reason they are guys like that is they, they have short believe. they have short memories to say hey the next one's going yeah so i get that but man there's also that counter and again i think anybody who's ever played knows this when you just you just can't buy one you need to find moments where you look to do something else and so that's where I, i'm i'm not going to blame you know michigan state went 10 for 20 the other night against mm -hmm. Iowa, right? So we know this is a good shooting team. They had a bad day, but yeah. that's the problem. You can have bad days. So then the question becomes, when the shots aren't falling, what do you do? And what Michigan State did is they didn't do anything inside the arc with any sustained ability, and they played much poorer defensively. That's what they did. Yeah. Well, when that happens, see you later. Yeah, I mean, just to go over a few numbers, I mean, Michigan State twenty-two to eight edge and fast break points. That seemed yeah. right. I mean, they they I thought they moved the ball. Uh, the transition was good. They didn't do a whole lot, and you know, oftentimes they got bogged down. Especially the second half of that second half, they were really it's not, just, that's you know, that's the point. That it was actually the transition game was great for a lot of that game. Huge. Yeah. And then it just stopped. Then it just stopped. Well, they and weren't getting yeah, stops. Some of that, you know, some of that's down to right. They weren't getting enough stops. They weren't getting clean defensive rebounds. But you know, you gotta if you're especially if you're having a day again where the threes aren't falling for you. Got to find ways to manufacture points, and to just have the transition game dry up after it had been dominant for about thirty minutes of that game. It, you gotta have, gotta find a way to find more. Yeah. Well, have we're to. hope. Well, hopefully they're getting some more. Uh, again, a programming note: we're gonna have. If you have a question for Dom from uh, number one bracketologist in America, uh, send it along. We're obviously gonna be talking about Michigan State in the Big Ten. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about than I thought we we're gonna have to talk about when we first booked <laughs> booked this interview. Uh, you can send it along to me at Eric at TFF Excuse me, Eric at tffinots.com. You can also send questions for Rod and I if you want for the show. I will certainly have those in later in the show too. Uh, send those along to me. 
Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, we really appreciate it. You can go to the finalforceontheschedule.com slash support. Not only can you find ways to reach our great sponsors, Nudge Printing, Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids, the Brothers Just Your Gutters, uh, but you can also find affiliate links and ways to support us through one-time or recurring gifts. Uh, so Michigan State, next up, they have uh, what I think will be a rough six days with trying to get this out of your taste out of your mouth and on spring break with nothing to go, nothing to do. So it'll be really tough because the next one is going to, which is almost, I mean, it, I had already kind of circled it as a sure loss. Now I don't see any way that they keep this within 30 points, but I mean, I, you know, I could be wrong. They're going to show up and play, I suppose, but very likely to have a three game losing streak going to the last two games of the season uh, with home against Northwestern and then at Indiana, not easy, play, not easy games. Um, so I don't know. We'll, <laughs> do you have anything else to add? Otherwise, we'll cut out of here, I suppose. No, that's it. <laughs> All right. We'll see everyone in a little bit with our discussion with Dom and then uh, pregame for the Purdue game. So until then, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.